0: One, two, three, four. Hello, good day, and welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. That song was called Devil. That is the first track off of the 2019 album, Somewhere Between There and Nowhere, by the local Phoenix band, Jonathan Thomas and the Little Room Band. Love those dudes. First saw them at Helio Basin when Helio Basin was open, where the new uh, Tombstone North location is. It was the first time I saw Jonathan Thomas and the Low Room Band. They were really good. They have a few albums out. Check them out on the ways that you listen to music, um, I guess is the way I should say. Uh, let's get into this one. Um, this is Behind the Pint. So This is a series that that uh, is new this year, a little peek behind the making of our 2019 book. The Arizona Beer Book, which is a 200-page, photo-centric coffee table book highlighting Arizona beer. Now, you can get it at tap rooms across the state. Uh, you can also get it at thearizonabeerbook.com. Father's Day's coming up. Perfect gift right there. The Arizona Beer Book. Now, this series, Behind the Pint, it's going to highlight some of the greatest beers Arizona has to offer. And a lot of these are, are well-known to some of you, some of them are not. Uh, maybe these will give you some new beers to go check out. And we really, the book focused on the story of the brewery and then a story behind one of their uh, one of their beers that, that really captured who they were. So that is what these episodes are. They were just recorded for research purposes. So as you listen through, keep that in mind. Uh, this was never intended to be released, but... After reaching out to, to people and saying, hey, what are your thoughts about putting these on this episodes? I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. So here you go. Now, this one is unique for me because I usually don't like stouts, uh, but I really, really like the Joe Max stout from Ren House. So it's an, uh, an awesome, I was going to say awesome and oatmeal at the same time. So oatmeal, it's an oatmeal coffee stout, and uh, they use beans from Press, uh, Phoenix Coffee Company, Press. Roasters, coffee, they were actually, I think, episode five or so on the podcast way back when. So go listen to that. Press. Um, now, if you've been listening to the show, it's no secret I'm a huge fan of, of Ren House. their IPAs and their Sours. Uh, they just won a gold medal, it at the Great American Beer Festival um, back in late 2020 for the Hazy IPA, which is by far the most competitive category, and they won the gold. So they just opened a new spot up in Prescott. To start really amping up their production and soon to be one of the top distributing breweries in Arizona. And finally, their tap room is now back open. So if you go to their website, you can um, get a reservation. I think I don't think you can just walk in. Just get a reservation, or you can get things to go still. But check it out, RenhouseBrewing.com. Let's jump into this one. I always like when Preston gets on the mic. Preston does not really enjoy getting on the mic uh, <laughs> that much. Uh, but, I, but he's just such a great dude, and his his passion and his expertise is just, uh, it's undeniable. Um, he's just a great dude, so um, I feel like I sometimes have that ability to help him kind of uh, get into the flow and not worry too much about that microphone uh, in front of him. <laughs> I tell him I get nervous too, so that's, that's how it all goes, but... Uh, Preston, appreciate you uh, biting the bullet and uh, you know doing these episodes that we've done over the last few years. But uh, let's get into this one. This is behind the pint, Joe Max <laughs> no, but
1: I, I do know that we we came up with that recipe before we opened. That was one of the the homebrews we worked on while we were getting uh, our funding and build out done, um, and, and we we're really happy with how it turned out. Um, one of the goals was to make a, an oatmeal stout, a coffee oatmeal stout that um, had as much characteristic of, like, a stout as it does a coffee stout. Because a lot of coffee stouts will end up drinking a lot like it's it's super coffee forward. Okay. And those are really nice. Um, but this one, we we wanted to have a little more of that oatmeal stout backing with kind of a, a, a through line of, of coffee. So we, we kind of... We're able to do that by um, adding coffee a couple times. Uh, we add uh, whole roasted beans to the boil at the end uh, to give some of that, um, you know, like uh, brewed coffee taste. And then we add um, uh, cold brew from press coffee here in town um, to the finished beer to give it that kind of, um, you know, more um, dedicated coffee flavor. Uh, that complements well, and, gotcha. and it also allows us to control, uh, kind of, and hit that um, ratio of coffee to to beer really precisely from batch to batch, uh, and kind of have a consistent product that way. And do you throw the you don't throw the beans just in the in the shit, right? No, we we <laughs> put them in a in a a muslin bag and throw them in. Okay, uh, but it does rip open like half the time. Does it really when we're trying to get it out? And, <laughs> so we've scooped a lot of beans out of there, but. It's yeah. not too bad <laughs> so um, so in in so what is the difference between an oatmeal stout and I mean what, I guess what's significant about an oatmeal stout we just way? like that that um, kind of that that mouth feel the creaminess that you get from a, a high oat high protein content um, in there um, it gives it kind of that that mouth feel that's conducive with the coffee stout in um, it gives it more of a, a palate to work with the coffee as opposed to just being you know, a coffee forward beer. It's it's more of a complex beer in that way. Gotcha. So combine, I guess, combining the, throwing it in the boil and then adding the pressed coffee after. There's, you get a little bit of kick out of that too. That right? Yeah, I would <laughs> think so. Yeah, think we so. haven't gotten that tested, but I assume. No. So. <laughs> Is there a way to? I mean, yeah, I guess there's got to be a way to test that. Yeah. Um. Was there were there any like special influences that led to that beer, like a specific? like style that you guys like or like a, a a specific brand or anything like that? I mean, it was so long ago, I don't remember that. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I do know whenever we we uh, plan a style like that, we get a lot of con- uh, contemporaries, um, beers that we like, and we taste them and, and decide what we like about those and what we don't like about others and uh, kind of dial it in that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then what about like the and I mean I know you can't share trade secrets right but no. <laughs> like uh, ingredients like the malts and the hops and and yeast varieties that are used with with that. Yeah, we use our house yeast, which is just an American yeast. Um, and uh, you know the the grain bill is going to be two row, um, some crystal malt, and for some some sweetness and some color as well, um, black malt, and then and then some uh, rolled oats. It's it's pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we, we really let the coffee um, create the complexity um, with that being the uh, backbone. Gotcha. And what about the hops? Like, what, what did you say the hops that I missed it? You might have. Um, Is it? Yeah, it's, uh, we, we just use uh, Noble Hops in that. Um, okay. We do a pretty low hopping on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so we went down to Grain R&D, I think it was last week. Um, met Travis. Yeah, he's great. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We got a tour of the farm and stuff. So he was showing us their fields of, uh, I think it was two row malt, but then I feel like there was a six row that was like growing that shouldn't have been growing. And I asked him, I'm like, dude, what's the difference? He's like, I don't know. (laughs) He's like, some brewers like one, some like the other. So what is, what is that significance of the two? We're, We're pretty much using all two row in the brewing industry these days. Um, it had to do with, um. It had to do with some, um, there, there was some cost and some um, efficacy with the grain and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but but the, it, it's been engineered and bred in such a way that the, the, the two row has kind of taken over as the, the main grain um, for across the board. Gotcha. Pretty, pretty, at one point we were looking to get some six row for some of our loggers and um, we were kind of talked out of it and it was kind of hard to, to track down. Um, gotcha. But historically that's what like Budweiser and stuff was using the 6 row. Mhm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. From what I understand. I'm... Um what about the, like the taste profile of of the beer? Obviously the the coffee's mm-hmm. significant but yeah. not overwhelming right? Yeah, Th- how would you describe that? Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely a coffee forward beer, um but it still has that um you know, the the malt sweetness and the oat creaminess um that that play well with it and kind of make it that um multi-dimensional beer. Okay um feedback so what what kind of feedback have you gotten from from people not necessarily measurable untapped which is the pinnacle of all values of yeah how <laughs> my my wife judges me as a person <laughs> um no the um you know Jomex I, actually has done really well for us um w- whether it is untapped or um just in um you know, person to person with our consumers, it's, it's been a really good beer. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have, you know, the novelty in the sales of like, if we do a double IPA or a barrel aged beer and we release it, Yeah, but it's definitely, um, you know, it's a tugboat. It's just moving along. It's, it's not the fastest, but it's, it's, it's consistent. And, and it has been since we opened and, um, we've been really, um, Careful at keeping it a uh, very consistent beer. Um, having a, a background in uh, production brewing myself and then Sean, our new brewer as well, um, you know, it's a skill set to be able to, to do that. And I think um, that's shown best with Joe Max. We've really kept it dialed in over the years. Yeah. Um, so much so that um, I had a new idea for Joe Max on, on how to change the flavor a little, and we did it. And people did not care for it. <laughs> and it wasn't even that they didn't like it. They're like, this is different. Yeah. And so um, at first it kind of was like a slap in the face. But then you realize you'd created such a um, a fan base for this core beer of ours that's, you know, it's in some ways pedantic because it's, you know, just a coffee stout and everyone's got a coffee stout. But in other ways, it's it's kind of a definitive beer for us. So uh, to still have that commitment from our, our, our customers and our friends, um, Kind of showcases kind of how it, it it's uh, it's it's been a, a definitive beer for us, like I said. So yeah, I think that that was uh, I went back to the old recipe, so it was just a one time. Just <laughs> <laughs> one, um, they were yeah. like with with pitchforks and they, they weren't, weren't happy. Yeah. And it wasn't like oh this tastes like crap. It was like this just tastes like I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. And I was like, oh okay now you know though yeah right? so i'm now like yeah we were doing it right I so don't, that's good don't mess with it yeah so <laughs> yeah. we're back to normal and our, our goal for 2019 is to to have it uh in cans at most times um um so so that people can get it to go in that format as well yeah nice and that just started right that just started yeah. what a month or two yeah, ago something like that what's with the can art like so what is the the story behind the can art um yeah, we did, we did that can art like three years ago and just never used it. Oh, really? Um, is that your wife? Your yeah, my wife does, my wife does okay. all the yeah. graphic design for us, which is nice. Um, but she just went, you know, if I recall, her, her kind of idea was um, kind of old school coffeehouse look. Um, just super simple uh, label with the, the coffee craft or whatever. And um, just kind of have that, that really simple classic look to it. Just it's black and white, right? Yeah, 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 I like it. Uh, and you guys are on tap around town too, right? Like it's, it's not just here in the tap
0: room. There's yeah. several places that have that. Yeah. I feel like it was on when I, one of the, I mean, one of the first episodes I did was with press coffee mm-hmm. and I think they had it on tap
1: and yeah, they had it at their, <laughs> oh yeah, they have it at their registry for yeah employee parties or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Some of their coffee shops have uh taps now. Uh, they got some liquor license or whatever. And, um, so you can go to the coffee shop and order one. Yeah. Nice. Well, and you also do the. Do you have a special name for it when you can get an extra, extra blast of? A copy oh yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what that. There's some red eye or something like that. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not real hit with that, but the uh, yeah, that's that's really popular. Um, when people get crowlers, a lot of times they'll do that too. Just you know, leave a couple fingers for uh, for cold brew on top. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea. I'm gonna have to get one of those today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, what about the uh, why? That why Joe Max? Like, why'd you guys call it Joe stop? No. Um Yeah, that might have been what Drew was alluding to. Uh, Drew and I are from Phoenix. Uh, our partner Bill is a transplant, but he's jumped in with both feet. But um, you know, we were just trying to come up with names, and w- when it fits, we try and use Arizona names. Yeah. Um, we're both. Uh, our families have been here forever kind of thing, and it's just a great place. Um, and, you know, there's really cool names in Arizona. It's just... Yeah. Um, and um, he had come up with the idea for Joe Max as the name, and it just seemed like such a slam dunk. It kind of sounds... You know, it's got Joe. I mean, yeah. that's pretty yeah. obvious. Oh, so. yeah. There you go. Yeah. And, and Joe Max. It just, it just seemed like uh, like it was right in itself. So we used that. We, you know, growing up, that it used to be out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, now it's kind of in the middle of town, but... Uh, yeah, you get off there and go to Lake Pleasant, or there was a tackle shop up there we used to go to, and and stuff like that. So a lot of memories, uh, him and I, um, individually, around the the street. That it, you know, I think people in Phoenix all kind of know the name, and it's kind of a um, a well known street. And it just it it was just uh, super fitting for that beer. Just yeah, It was a cool name. It flows a lot better than Dixaletta. Yeah, too, right? <laughs> we wanted to name the the, the dojo Dixaletta. No, really. but we're like that might be too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think we even had a label for it at one point. <laughs> I chuckle every time I drive past, just like the to best. myself. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's like, "What are you laughing?" at? I'm like, you "Do you want? Don't worry yeah. about it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So how would so how would what do you like? So as a as a as a brewer, craft beer guy, how would you what do you like about this beer, personally? Um, you know, I, I, I think that we always try and make beers, uh, we're cognizant of the fact we live in this abnormally hot place. And so we try and, uh, not so much with obviously our Imperial barrel aged stouts, but with Black Caddis or Jomax and stuff like that. When when we first kind of start talking about recipes, we, we try and have it something that's drinkable year round in Phoenix, um. And I think the uh you know that, that whether it's the sweetness or, or the bu- the bite from the coffee, um, it, it just is super refreshing, um, even for a big beer. Um, I think it's it's almost um deceptive the alcohol content on it. Um what is it? What is the alcohol content? I think it's six seven, okay is what we have dialed yeah. in right now. Um, but you know, it's one of those ones where I don't drink it regularly like I would the Pilsner or the one of the IPAs or pale ales, but whenever I do, I always am kind of re-reminded about how, why we like it so much. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a core beer, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here, but it's uh, it's something we're really proud of, and it, I think it, you know, it, it fits the mold well for what it's supposed to be, and, and um, we've always really been proud of it. Yeah. You know what I, th- I think it's interesting about it, too, is, is you guys have been... Become known as just kicking ass at these at these hazy double triple IPAs, right? Mm-hmm. And with the las frescas right? Mm-hmm. But still, that anchor is is the the Joe Max, right? Which yeah, is a kind of the polar opposite of those. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, yeah, it's challenging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird position to be in in brewing right now. Where. You absolutely need to have those roots, those those core beers that that people come back for, but also to be creative because there's so many contemporaries and friends in the valley doing really cool stuff, and we're learning from them, and and, and hopefully vice versa, and and you know trying to, you know that's consumer driven. It's not it's not so much brewer driven that consumers are always looking for something new and fun and exciting and and, and something that um, you know can expand their palate and um, and keeping up with that is really important, and, and it helps us grow uh, skill-wise, even if it's not something we brew forever. Uh, we always learn something from it in techniques and uh, chemistry or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's nice to have those things like, uh, you know, Joel, Joe Max um, or even our, our house, Kulsh, and just the, the core beers that people can always rely on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. And so how would, you, how would you explain it to a non-craft beer drinker? Right. If you've got somebody, you've had a couple of drinks, so you're a little bit loose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, oh, you make beer. I don't like beer. Like, well, what have you ever tried to go maxed out? Yeah, I think it's you know, it's it's got that complexity like we talked about that that gives it, um, you know, you could even, you know, pitch it as this, uh, you know. It's, it's, it's a demonstration on kind of what um, you can do with just grain and then some coffee, um, the sweetness and the flavor and the roundness of that beer isn't um, isn't forced with adjuncts or anything like that, like we like we we, we do with our some of our barrel aged outs or what have you. But it, it's it's just uh, roasted barley and, and some oatmeal, uh, some flaked oats, and um, and and with that you can create this really wonderful, vibrant, uh, deep, rich beer um, that's cut with coffee to give it that you know a little bit of of bite there um and it, it's kind of uh, an experience you know we it's a strange story uh John McCain came in once to I don't know why take some photos or something and meet with me and um and uh, his mind was freaking blown when he drank the Joe Max oh you know he's not going to drink he's on a press tour or whatever okay and then he had a sip of the Joe Max he's like holy smokes, this tastes like coffee. I was like, yeah, that's kind of what we are going for, you know. And he's like, I want to try one of these. This will blow your mind. I was like, yeah, it's a coffee stout. So I think, you know, like you said, to answer your question, if you're not a beer drinker, you know, I think that experience, it's not like, you know, a beer with coffee at it. It's this this whole experience of this complex, uh, multi-level beer um, that's one of those levels is coffee. And I think that that people who who don't drink that stuff, like you said, a non-beer drinker, uh, I think that they would really enjoy that. I think it's a even though it's a bigger beer and a complex beer, I think um it really is an entry level beer in so much as it's something to be excited about is is that that complexity. yeah, you and you know what's interesting too is as that transition sometimes from non-beer drinker. Becoming a beer drinker, it's not the shit you think about, right? You, I always think of like, okay, if this guy drinks Bud Light, I want to get him a Pilsner, right? But then my buddy's dad uh, came from like New Mexico or something, and he's like, I just drink Bud Light. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna take you to Helton and have the Pilsner, right? Yeah. This was, I don't know, six months ago or so. He tried, he's like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Like, Come on, man. So the girl, uh, Cece, the, the yeah, bartender sure. there, she's awesome. And she's like, well, what do you like? Like, what do you eat? And so not even beer-related questions. So she brings him the boysenberry sour. I'm like, why? Would and he drinks. He's like, dude, this is right. awesome. I'm like, what? Exactly. Yeah. So you don't think of a stout as being that, that, that gateway beer. Right. <laughs> yeah. If they're a Bud Light drinker or a Budweiser drinker, giving them a cold or a Pilsner, it, you know... It's giving them methadone instead of heroin. They right. still want the real thing. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, our culture is never going to be as good as Budweiser to him. But if you go the opposite direction, you show them, you know, this cool coffee stout. That, you know, that, That's a whole nother ballpark that they haven't experienced in the beer thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cool, man. Luke, is that uh, we uh, that was fantastic, right? Cool, man. Cool. How are you feeling about the Pilsner thing? Are we still doing that? You want <laughs> to? Yeah. Okay. All right. right let's do, do it. So uh, he's going to give us a beer 101 on the Pilsner. Sweet. Yeah.